0: Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Rochelle Kitchen. Rochelle Kitchen, CEO of Level Up for Life Coach, LLC, is a survivor of extreme violence, divorce, and drastic family health issues who shares her personal experience to empower women to move from chaos to clarity. Speaker, author, life and transition coach, and former career woman, Rochelle's faced concentrated chaos from the murder of her father family health issues, divorce, and more. Now she speaks gives interviews and has unique, transformative programs to inspire women to make powerful choices so that they can create balance, find solutions, get relief, and have joy in the chaos. Rochelle believes you have the power to transform beyond where you think you can go. And trauma can have us hit rock bottom. But what happens when we have a few traumas all at once? You know the saying, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And you're about to meet one very strong woman and very healed woman. Here's today's guest, Rochelle Kitchen. Okay, everybody, you are just in for a treat today because we have Rochelle Kitchen here and she's going to be talking about Betrayal by 1000 Cuts. So welcome, Rochelle.
1: Thank you, Debbie, so much. I so appreciate you having me on and I love the work that you are doing. Um, So thank you for that. Appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you. And of course, everybody listening is saying, what the heck does she mean, 1,000 cuts? Can we just dive in and start right there? Absolutely. Here's what
1: was happening. Now, within a few short years, little over two years, here's what was happening. My dad was um, murdered. He was beaten in the Sorry. streets, and he died from his injuries. Um, as a When all of that was happening, and as chaotic as that was, I was blindsided by brutal betrayal um, and divorce, ultimately got divorced. Mm-hmm. Throw in the mix, my mom being diagnosed with cancer. My youngest child was leaving the nest and moving across the country. Then sprinkle in a few breast cancer scares of my own. Um, and quite honestly, I was filled with doubt, despair, felt like I was stuck in a rut. And each of those big events, as I'm mm-hmm. sure your listeners can attest to any one of those, there's a series of betrayals that are a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I just, after next thing happened, the next thing happened and the next thing happened, it, 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 was, it just really did feel like a series of betrayals by a thousand cuts. It was coming at me from every angle. And I really just felt, victimized I felt um, unworthy I felt down on myself girl I was literally stuck in my granny panties and my frayed pajamas for months mm. Be- because the betrayal and the the transitions and all of the crap that was happening to me mm-hmm. was too much
0: mm-hmm. it was
1: just too much and I I, I didn't know what to, to do. I felt like I was literally just dying a slow death mm-hmm. from a series of betrayals, big and small. And then there was the the story that I was telling myself too around those and, betrayals.
0: Yeah, and and I want to I want to dive into what you were actually feeling during that time, but I also want to dive into the story. Uh what what were you telling yourself? I mean, how did you eventually make sense and meaning out of it? I want to get there, but Yeah. Bring us back to that
1: time. Girl, it was, it was bad. Now I could be functional if I had to be, Mm -hmm. but I really was in a low, low place, just a very low place. Um, I, I even had physical pain because of this.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really I, common too, because we, you know we we have, um, and and on on the site I always recommend that everybody take the the assessment to see to what level they're struggling with post betrayal syndrome, and it makes so much sense because when you're struggling, you're you know you're in this fight or flight response Mm -hmm. and then your immune system is suppressed and you start having uh, digestive issues are so common and you know, there's lack of sleep, extreme fatigue. I mean, and one thing leads to the next and the next. So what were some of the symptoms that you were having?
1: Same things. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night in horror and I couldn't quite figure out, um, you know, like sometimes you could know, oh, I had a bad dream or whatever. But I would just be so startled out of my sleep, ringing with sweat, thinking, mm-hmm. "What? What happened here?" Mm-hmm. Or not being able to stay asleep, and so waking up at one o'clock, three o'clock, and I usually get up between four and five. Mm-hmm. Then waking up, not feeling rested, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, having digestive issues. There, I dropped tons of weight. Um, And I'm a pretty curvy girl, and I like my curves. Now, I try to be fit and eat well, but I just, I had no appetite. Mm-hmm. I've had frequent headaches. Um, just um, big swing, mood swings, mm-hmm. where I would just burst into tears for no reason. I could be in the middle of the grocery store, and I can't even tell you what would trigger me, and I would, waterworks.
0: Mm. And this all makes so much sense on so many levels because, well, and you know, for, for those of you listening, we had so many episodes where we talk uh, with some incredible health experts who explain how this type of trauma throws off your hormones, you know, does wreaks such physical, mental, and emotional havoc and, and just trying to get through your day can be almost impossible. And it sounds like that's, that's what was going on with you.
1: Yeah, and and that's where I was, a clump in, in the chair in my family room in my stinky PJs in my granny panties with the, the, the throw and the chair just kind of pulled up to my chin. Mm. And how long were you like that for? Oh, gosh, consistently probably for at least five, six months. Mm. And then, you know, it would ebb and flow because, like I said, I could be functional when I needed to be.
0: Right. And then what was, do you remember a turning point where, whether you just made a decision or something happened or you heard something where it just sort of moved the needle on maybe just even getting dressed that day?
1: Yeah, it was almost like a, um, I don't want to even say an epiphany because that's really not the right adjective here. It was just an awakening Mm-hmm. Is what how I'd like to describe it was just just an intense thing inside, almost in my gut. Just this awakening, like this is not what God and the universe intended for you. Get your ass up from here. Mm-hmm. It was the, just this awakening. Yeah, and then what happened when you had the the awakening? Well, I went um, started started online. Like, what, what can I do? And as I always told my kids, who do you control? I knew I, I could only control me. So I got online. I found um, some support in a program that I thought at the time, in air quotes, would help save my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it ultimately didn't. But I got in relationship with a coach who I actually still speak to to this day. And that was the best relationship I ever got in because that led me to relationship with myself Mm -hmm. and and a deeper understanding of what my purpose was and why I was put here. And through that revelation, then I started to understand and learn about, and that's when I decided to become a coach because I was actually already doing some of this Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. for others. Um, And, I thought this is what I was put here for and understanding what my gifts were and moving toward um, that, just huge revelations and understanding Mm -hmm. the cycle of change and where I was in that process and how I was showing up. Huge Mm -hmm. revelations. I, I can't even tell you how that slingshot me out of the chair, out of the stinky pajamas. I was able to pull up my big girl thong. And start taking some steps forward. And, and
0: you know what's what's so great about that is so often we hear, you know, that how crucial support is when we're trying to heal from something. And and you know, we, we call it a trusted other. And this is some whether it's one person, a, a friend, a f- very close family member, a therapist, a coach, someone that you can speak with and and sort of get this kind of unbiased opinion because we're so stuck in our head. And it sounds yes. like that's exactly what this coach did for you.
1: Absolutely. And and something else too is just also um, realizing that I could ask for help cause I'm going to date myself here um, with you and, and your audience. You remember this thing like, Oh, don't let your slip show. Don't let them see your sweat. Kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. That's that was ingrained. And that was part of the story that, you know, you just had to white knuckle it. You just had to suck it up and deal. Mm-hmm. But in the process, realizing that I could ask for help mm-hmm. and, and ask for what I needed and expect to, get it and know that I was worthy of, of asking and having someone honor that request. And Um, that's a big thing that I didn't do.
0: Yeah. And that was, and that's an important word that you said right there, just to be worthy of asking. And so often a lot of our, you know, the the trauma happens and then we start questioning our own worthiness. Like, well, maybe I deserved it somehow. Mm -hmm. And which is the biggest Mm -hmm. trap right there. So, you know, in reaching out for for support, we actually, you know, it's, we can definitely move past that. But what, what did you notice as you started to heal? How did you even know you were healing? What'd you see?
1: Oh, wow. You know what? And I say this to my clients and I believe it firmly. It's actually posted on my mirror. I was able to have joy amidst the chaos. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sustained joy, and I'm running through the field of of poppies, (laughs) but there were uh, moments of joy. And then there was gratitude. And this was very powerful for me in that even if my ex was being unkind, the people that I thought should be supporting me weren't, I could look, because I kept a gratitude journal, Mm -hmm. I could look in my gratitude journal and just read that over and realize, okay, you may not like what is happening right now in this moment, but look how rich your life is. Look how abundant you, you do have it. Mm-hmm. And the more that I was able to do that and the more that I focused on that, the more things that I saw. I actually even kept what I call the, 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 the D list and, the, mm-hmm. and my daughter's first name starts with a K but, and a K list. And I kept a list, specific notebook for each mm-hmm. of them. Um, and so when they would say or do something um, that was kind that I appreciated. I wrote it in that book. So even though there maybe have been times where they were not kind or not mm-hmm. meeting that expectation or not meeting my needs, I could go back to that book and start to see the good mm-hmm. versus the the betrayal or the hurt or whatever. I could I could see the good. And in those
0: early days, though, that's when we're really we could be really stuck in the in the trauma. And I could just picture some of my listeners now saying, you know, I, I, I really can't find anything to be grateful for walk them through. So just with, for that person who is just struggling to, to be grateful for where they are, they can't find the, the the meaning they can't make sense out of Mm -hmm. it just yet. How would they start a gratitude practice? What do you suggest for them?
1: I'd say just get you a special notebook, whether it's a 99 cent, something off the shelf or something pretty whatever moves you. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of each day, write three to five things that you're grateful for. And it doesn't have to be because when people think gratitude, we think this big earth shattering, moving thing, it can be as simple as I woke up this morning. For me, there were times I'm grateful that the dog was happy to see me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was grateful that I had leftovers. And then as I started to write these things down, well, I had leftovers because I had um, resources to have food. And it, then it, it was kind of a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. See, it, And it, it could be just the simplest of things. Okay. So
0: it sounds like it was, you saw the coach, the from there you started the gratitude journal and then what happened next? What kind of healing did you notice because of that?
1: Well, again, as a part of that process and a part of my own process, recognizing and giving myself permission to um, feel and be aware of my emotions, because mm-hmm. we're not all we're not the Dalai Lama. No one's levitating mm-hmm. above the ground, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and certainly I was not. So when I was triggered, whatever triggered me. Allowing myself to feel that emotion, allowing myself to be okay with that. I mean, when I dropped my baby off and was moving her into her big girl apartment and driving home and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm going home to an empty house that my child no longer lives at. Mm -hmm. This is real. I rolled up with tears. I was like, well, it's not safe to drive with tears Mm -hmm. in your eyes. So I pulled Mm -hmm. over. I set a timer. I cried it out or at least out enough to let some steam out so that I can move a little bit forward.
0: See, now that's so important because here's so often, these feelings are so painful and so uncomfortable. So we do all we can to numb, avoid, distract, run from Mm -hmm. them, but like a Mm -hmm. shadow, you know, we keep running and they're just right behind us. They do not go away until we face them and we, we feel them and then heal them. So it, you know, that's, that, that's great that you just, Looked at it and realized, and it's so interesting because my, my oldest just moved out too. So I totally get, I get that experience of what do you mean you're not living here anymore? So uh, it's, it's very, yeah. yeah, very, very real. And it's true. Like you could, it's easy to think, well, you know what, just kind of suck it up. That's just the way it is. But whatever the feeling is, if we're feeling it, then it's worthy of giving it attention.
1: Yeah, and, and then those feelings, it usually starts with a thought, and then that gives you the feeling, and then mm-hmm. either action or non-action, right? And so if you allow yourself to feel, you can at least process the thoughts, because sometimes when we've had a series of betrayals that are happening, and, and in my case, happening all at once, Mm -hmm. You get into those destructive thoughts that we talked about earlier, how you're not worthy and you maybe did something to cause this. Oh, woe is me. You know, Mm -hmm. why is this happening to me type things and really turning inward. But if you can get it up and out, then you can do what I call a flip switch just to even get you back to neutral. So Mm -hmm. you can decide how you'd like to show up for the day in that situation versus acting out and acting in a way that would not um, honor your values and how mm-hmm. you would like to show up.
0: Beautiful. And ha- and when did you notice your health start to change and start to improve?
1: Oh, gosh, almost right away, um, you know, in fairly short order because part of that process was then understanding, well, what, what are my values? How do I want to show up? And I, I share with clients that, really, that piece is so key. And a lot of us don't even know what that is. We kind of just go through life willy nilly and not really knowing that. But really, our values are our GPS for life. And you can use that, you know, it's not like in the car, when you're going down a path that you wouldn't want to, Mm -hmm. we don't have the little lady saying, Oh, make a legal U-turn, turn Turn around. Mm -hmm. But but if Mm -hmm. you've got your values, and you know what they are, you can measure the situation or measure what's happening against that. Okay. Is this how I want to show up? What value am I honoring? Or if I do it this way, what, what value is being dishonored? Mm-hmm. And
0: here's and the that- beauty. Yeah. And here's the beauty of of crisis and trauma because so often, and I'm sure you see this too, we're sleepwalking through life and it takes yeah. these traumas to shake us up, wake us up and have us ask these really important questions and allow us to say, wait a second, you know, I've I've been kind of sleepwalking and I've been living by default versus Mm -hmm. design and maybe I should create something way more powerful. It sounds like that's exactly what you did.
1: That's exactly right. Because how often do people, like you said, just move through life, letting life happen to them. And instead of creating their life, their life is creating them. Mm-hmm. And then they wake up near the end of life, realizing they don't like the person that they've become. Mm. And that's why I was, I was just, you know, a few years before 50 looking in the mirror and like, I don't like that person. I don't even recognize her. And that was probably part of the awakening too. Just mm. like, Oh no. Yeah. So what did it lead to? Well, it, leaded, it led me from... Going, you know, from being a stay-at-home mom for many years to launching a, another business. I've since, um, I co-authored a book. I've signed to do another one. I've been a contributor in another person's book. I mm-hmm. am doing speaking engagements. And I'm having an impact on women who also find themselves overwhelmed and, um, you know, a hot mess because their inner critic, their gremlin, is is running the show. And so they feel blocked because of, you know, either in their personal life, their business or or whatever. And I'm helping them flip the switch and step it back into their power like I did.
0: Mm, And it sounds like you're totally living on purpose. And and I see this so often, no matter what the crisis, no matter what the trauma, when you've healed from it, maybe you had some disease and you figured out a way to heal, or maybe you just, mm-hmm. you lost all your money and you figured out, you know, what you all of a sudden created your new business that it takes off or, or healing from some kind of trauma. And then once you reach that other side, it's almost like you feel this obligation to share it because you know, the dark side of it. And if you found a way to move through it, it's like, how do you not share that with everybody who's struggling?
1: Exactly. And that that was part of the byproduct of this betrayal. Mm -hmm. Um, I often say there's a ripple effect of betrayal. Now, granted, some of that can be negatively felt, but -hmm. there's also some positive ripple effects of betrayal. And one of them, at least for me, was really finding and understanding my gift. And I can now say that from the roots of my hair to the tips of my toes, my gift that God put me here to do is to share my capacity to love. And how do I do that? By what I just said, helping other women find theirs. Mm. And what were the other gifts from your betrayal? Oh, gosh, learning patience, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: patience with self and patience with others, learning forgiveness. I will um, never forget for over three years, month after month, I went to court for my dad's case um, the, there were two defendants in that, in that case, and um, another group that were harassing me month after month. I had to file restraining order against the, mm-hmm. these individuals. And the um, family member of one of the defendants, she would say unkind things, she would um, purposely sit by me in the gallery. But I learned for true forgiveness, because when it came time for me to give the impact statement um, to the court, I could have got up there and spewed anger and hatred and resentment, and it might have made me feel better in the moment, but I went back to my life GPS. What, what did I value? Truth, freedom, family. My dad wouldn't have wanted that. He mm-hmm. was a mentor in the community. He would have wanted me to speak to those young men about how their life went wrong. And I was able to do that very powerfully because I learned forgiveness. And even when this person who had been harassing me and being unkind for almost three years, finally, after all this time, said to me, very cynically, by the way, oh, sorry for your loss after her family member had been, um, you know, accepted the plea deal. Mm -hmm. The old way of being, I would have wanted to slap the teeth out of her mouth and Mm -hmm. say some things that were unkind and call her everything but a child of God. But instead... Now, I knew I had feelings going on, but I was able to say thank you and just forgive. And and you know what? Forgive anybody who
0: is healed from trauma and has done the work of forgiveness realizes it's just a word until you do it. You know, was there, Mm -hmm. how did you, what was your forgiveness process? Was there any, was it a process? Was it like, how did, how did you, how did you do, how were you able to forgive?
1: You know, for me, the, the forgiveness piece is more about, I'm going to be honest, more about me mm-hmm. um, than the other person, because usually what someone says or does to you is about them, but how you hear it and receive it is about you. And so that forgiveness piece was really honoring me. Doing, you know, turning it to self-love because if I did not let go of resentment and hatred and all those um, catabolic, draining, destructive feelings, that dishonored me. That put me in a place of dis-ease. That Mm -hmm. caused me pain and strife and all of the physical things that come along with that. Mm -hmm. And I was done with that. Mm. And, you know,
0: and it's interesting because some people think that forgiveness is just this one big grand, like, ta-da, <laughs> and you forgive. Yeah. And, and you know, what we found is it's more like in layers and stages and you work on it and you get closer mm-hmm. to it. But it sounds like once you've, once you really made that decision to forgive, um, you, you you know it by how you feel. And it sounds like it felt right. like the right decision for you. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, again, another ripple effect and and cut by a thousand betrayal Mm -hmm. cuts was when the second defendant was um, sentenced. I was actually at a speaking, I was out of town and at a speaking um, engagement. And this was the third state's attorney who had assured me that we could, you know, um, have this guy plead to first degree murder. But instead, the day that they knew I wasn't going to be in court, I got a call saying, well, we can't, no, we can no longer prove first degree. So we're just going to have him plead to the, um, the, the robbery. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: Imagine me standing there.
0: Mm.
1: I wasn't able to be there. That was a betrayal. I felt like, okay, they went behind my back. That was the story. Mm. Oh my gosh. What what has changed that they, you know, nothing's changed that you said all this time that you could have him plead to the first degree. And now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can't, it felt very much like, um, They just wanted to get the case off the books because it had been over three years at that point right Um, so how'd you make sense out of that one well um one of my coaches and i usually have multiple coaches at any Mm -hmm. given time she happened to be at um the event and she came out into the hallway i think looking for me or going to the bathroom or something and um she saw my face and she immediately came over to me and she goes are you okay you know she mouth are you okay and i'm shaking my head And so after I hung up the phone, I kind of briefed her on what happened. We went to the bathroom. We hugged and cried it out. I dried my face. You know, again, I set a timer. It's like, okay, I'm going to be speaking in a little bit here, a half an hour. Okay, cry this out for 10 minutes, get it up and out. Mm -hmm. How do you want to show up? Going back to those values in my GPS, went and did what I needed to do. And then later I needed to come back and revisit that and say, okay, how do you want to show up in this? Mm -hmm. Are you going to rant and rave and make a fuss? Just just what do you want to do? And that is an alignment with what you value and how you want to show up. And then I was able to chart my way to a response that was in alignment with what and who I wanted to be.
0: And, you know, I think it was because you gave yourself that space, too. You gave yourself that, you know, those 10 minutes just to recoup and, and think it think it through. So you know, I think we're so reactive and it's mm-hmm. in that reaction we're not making the right decisions. But in just taking those 10 minutes that you needed, you could think just so much more clearly. Rochelle, what do you want to make sure everybody knows
1: before we wrap up? That um, you do not have to be a um, victim to your circumstance, no matter what they are even if they're piled on and piled a mile high and you're dealing with um, betrayal within betrayal within betrayal, you do not have to be a victim to your circumstances. You do not have to undervalue the power that you have within and give the power to the obstacle. You absolutely have everything you need right now today to be able to move forward in a way that feels in line with who you like to be. You just have to
0: choose it. Mm, I love that. And you know what? You're you're such a beautiful example of post-betrayal transformation, which is what what my study showed when we heal from betrayal uh and we've recovered physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. I don't believe there's anyone stronger because mm-hmm. you not only do we do the rebuilding of what was lost but we've created this empowered wise uh just brilliant version of ourselves that never would have been there had all that trauma not happened and Exactly. For, for and you every- have
1: the tools in your toolbox
0: now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I can see it because even in the study I mean we learned that the ones who avoided or distracted or numbed, they did not heal nearly as much as the ones who did the work and found the right way for them. And it sounds like through getting great coaches and gratitude and taking that time and facing it and feeling it, you, you know, that was sort of a combination of your recipe and it's really Mm -hmm. whatever it is that helps you heal. So where do we, where
1: do we go to learn more about you? Um, well, you can go to my website, and that is Level Up the Number Four Life Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go there, and you can um, download a free mini training that's going to help you get to this awareness, help you flip the switch when you've got those destructive thoughts um, going on, and so that's how you can get a hold of me and. Uh, again, Debbie, thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story with your audience. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Oh, wonderful. And everybody listening, if Rochelle can heal from 1000 cuts, 1000 representations of betrayal, you can too. So thank you so much for just sharing your time with us. and, And you just shed such a beautiful light on how possible and probable and predictable it could be to heal. Thanks so much. Thank you. I loved Rochelle's awareness around what she needed to do to begin healing from her traumas. And it seemed she had a particular recipe, support, gratitude, time to think before reacting and forgiveness. Sounds like a winning combination to me. Stay in touch with Rochelle by going to level up, number four, life.coach and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway, face it, feel it, heal it. You may have heard me say that before, but it's truly the only way to heal. Our pain stays with us when we refuse to face it. And I get it. The pain may be so bad that we want to do almost anything to avoid it. But when we do that, it keeps it in place much longer. Just like Rochelle, when we face it, we move through it, however long it takes. But what I know for sure is that it always brings us to a place of healing and clarity. Now, It's hard to think clearly when we're struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. So take the quiz to see what symptoms are lingering. Just go to pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.